0: about the crypto space and that's nifty that's nifty that's nifty your hosts
1: for tonight's podcast are tyler larry and slime sunday damn that's nifty hello
2: hey nate how's it going
0: yeah doing well how are you
2: i'm doing well um got our friend larry on here as well Just a little um, disclaimer. Coming back from Miami, I must have caught something, but it wasn't COVID. But now I'm sick, and uh, usually Larry and I are in the same room, but he's in my driveway taking this call right now.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, for what it's worth. Nice to meet you, Nate. I, uh, yeah, sitting here with the car running, just made a delivery to Tyler, and um, (laughs) here in spirit.
0: Wow. Uh, that's a bit of a shame, but it's it's awesome that we can still all get together.
2: Yep, yep. Just figured to play it safe, right? I'm feeling better today, but yesterday was rough, so.
0: Oh, no good. Glad to hear you're feeling a bit better today, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. And um, I see you're in the a dad drop that's happening right now, right?
0: As we speak, just before I clicked uh, into this meeting, I just bought one of his open editions, too, just to, to be part of that. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's a good
2: awesome. call. Need to do the same. I got to get a bagpipe.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the one I grabbed.
2: That's awesome. So you got a a lot of uh, entries on yours.
0: Yeah, I'm really, really stoked with that. I get so nervous before a a drop because you just, uh, I don't know, you still just never know how things are going to (laughs) go. And so for 20 editions to have a stack of entries, it's really, really encouraging.
2: And you've dropped on a lot of platforms, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've dropped so far. I've dropped on Nifty super Air foundation and um hen uh but i've also done a couple of one-off drops on other platforms as well lesser known ones
2: yeah do you have a question larry and me to cut you off
1: yeah i was just gonna ask what um with uh with this curation by A4 his dad and i i still find it funny like just saying a for his dad um <laughs> did he just give you guys reign to do whatever you want for addition count pricing and stuff and just kind of let you roam a little bit
0: yeah yeah he did so there was a, a loose brief that um for the art at the start uh, it was to do with like a, a moment from this last year um, in our nft sort of crypto journey and uh we were sort of allotted a, a time period like from the year so i was given january um, which was appropriate for me because that was when i had my first uh, nifty drop on nifty Gateway. Um, yep. Yeah, so uh, outside of that loose kind of guideline for the art, we were given very much free reign to, to decide on additions and uh, and how our mechanics looked for the drop.
2: That's interesting. You guys got to pick or like you were assigned a certain time period throughout the year and January was a hell of a time. <laughs>
0: it was a hell of a time. <laughs> it was, yes, the start of very much a life-changing year for me. So uh, I was very happy to take on January, that's for sure.
2: So before NFTs and all that, you were mainly focused on photography for like album artwork and what other avenues?
0: Yeah, so working a lot with bands. So whether it was promo photos for for bands or album art or posters or whatever I could. I I come from a background of being in bands myself. So I kind of felt like I knew the uh, industry and people in it well enough to be able to, you know, have some input. Uh, and felt, felt comfortable in that world so yeah it was it was mostly that uh, occasionally you know corporate shoots as far as photography goes or the odd wedding here and there um, which isn't my preference but you know when you <laughs> when you're an artist pre-NFTs you, you do what you need to do so so
1: what was um your NFT moment when uh, I don't know when this kind of culminated got to the point of like this is a space that I feel like I uh, you know I, I need to work in and um, I, I just remember going back to that time frame, end of the year, early January, you were um, you were someone where your work was always kind of upfront to us, at least, because we were pretty nifty native at the time. Um, so what was your intro to the game and, and kind of how did that break through for you?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's nice to know, by the way, that, that the work was there early in the year and that people were finding it. But um, as far as my intro into NFTs, it uh, was a little before then. It was around um, October, November, uh, the year before. And it was largely through people like Aphoria, um, actually, uh, and Blau. Uh, I started seeing people talking about um, NFTs. So piqued my interest. I had a, a couple of uh, followers on Instagram direct message me and ask me if I would was selling my art on super rare. And at the time I didn't know what that was. So looked into it, um, <laughs> saw these other people like Blau who had been following me on Instagram um, for a while, which was kind of nice to find out. Uh, looked into a, a, it a little bit, um, reached out to, to Justin Blau and um, he sort of set me up to, to be honest. Like he uh, talked me through it, uh, made some introductions helped me um, do applications to to a few platforms and and it all kind of went from there. And then uh, I've told this story before, but Justin was awesome enough to buy my first ever NFT on SuperRare as well. So he really did uh, have a massive, massive impact on my whole journey here and I will be forever grateful for that. Nice.
1: I I think we can uh, have some parallels there uh, between those two. And uh, I mean, uh, we're obviously buddies with Slime and, and his work with Blau. And, and that was kind of my on-ramp too, buying his work and their work. And, and Euphoria was one of my first one of ones that I bought on Super Rare 2 back in November. So oh, that's, cool. um, yeah, I can, I, can, I can say we have a common connection there just from our on-ramping. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Similar Absolutely. coaching tree is how I feel.
2: Yeah. We're all from the Blau line. <laughs> yeah,
0: <that's it. laughs> not, not a bad line to be. No. About.
2: Um, something about your artwork that always sticks out to me is that it, it's not all about the photography. There's also some editing that goes along with it. And I was wondering like, what software do you mostly stick with when you're creating like the, the after effects for your, for your photography?
0: yeah for sure and it is yeah it's a lot of post photography work goes into to what i do um for the twisted landscapes i actually use uh, an ios app that is now not no longer <coughs> on the uh, itunes store called roll world um and it's something that i just stumbled onto quite a while ago and um and started manipulating landscape photos Um, through it so it has a lot of really cool control on it uh, as far as you're able to use a whole heap of different sliders and manipulate the photo and distort it in a whole bunch of different ways so that's the starting point once I've you know taken the photos I've got just a ridiculous amount of landscape photography on my hard drives so once, (laughs) once they're all sorted and I do shoot them and edit them in Lightroom as if they could be just a landscape photo on their own. So that's the true starting point is uh, to have a, a, a landscape photo that could stand alone as it is. And then I wreck it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I, um, so I distort it and twist it and, and do what needs to be done there. Then um, uh, the next step from that is it goes into um, dimension, Adobe dimension. Uh, where I put my little 3D character in there, which is an important part for me, just gives the landscape a story uh, in my mind and a bit of scale as well. So just uh, transports it from being something that now is quite, can be quite abstract, the twisted landscape, Uh, but then it's sort of having the, the figure in there gives it some sort of meaning like that, you know, it is a universe that could exist in some parallel kind of way yeah uh, the so
2: figure there is very grounding
0: yeah yeah I think so it, it really when I started doing it it was quite a few years back now that was the thing that really made me feel like I had something there so the, the twisted distorted landscapes was one thing but it really became something else when I added the, the figure in so that was that's a huge part of it for me And then from there, um, I just go back into Photoshop and, you know, edit until I feel like the the color is right and the vibe is right. And, you know, uh, that kind of is where it finishes usually. Or um, if I'm animating, I either use um, After Effects or an app uh, called Plotograph, which is an app that takes stills and just has this slight um, looping movement that you can add to a still. So that's a bit of workflow from the, the twisted landscapes, I guess.
1: That's interesting. I, I didn't, it didn't hit me till now that your, your figure person, however you want to put it, in every um, landscape that you have is kind of, you know, on that journey with you. Um, yep. It's almost over, you can almost overlook it because he's there all the time, he or she, however you want to put it, but um, it, uh, it puts a little context it gives you some scale and uh it's almost like uh, kind of like a, almost like your signature you know you, you see yeah. a distorted landscape and it, you can almost assume it's you but seeing a little figure in there probably puts the uh seal of approval okay. um i uh i was gonna ask about um just like your your photog journey just are you um what type of or like where do you shoot are you pretty native to australia did you do you have like landscapes from across the world I, I know in talking to lush you guys are kind of have been locked down they're pretty good but um what type of i guess landscapes do you typically try to use or uh any areas specifically that stick out to you
0: yeah yeah there are um we have been locked down for a long time here in our in Melbourne, uh, in Victoria. Melbourne is actually the most locked down city in the world, uh, last time I heard. So it's been Crazy. a pretty rough couple of years as far as being able to travel and, and do my photography. Um, there is a recurring um, place that I go to that's kind of uh, an important uh, part of the world for me and my family, which is the the Great Ocean Road. And if you don't know of it, um, it's something to look up. It's a spectacular part of our Victorian coastline uh, and it includes beaches, which um, I would say are world famous. There's the Bells Beach, which is um, a, a really amazing beach and uh, it's a spot that's pretty close to my family's heart. So that coastline along the southern coast of Australia is uh, features heavily in my work because I'm there a lot uh, my mum lives there. Uh, it was a spiritual home for my dad who was a surfer. Um, so there's there's a fair bit of that. As far as outside of Australia travel goes, um, I haven't used a lot of my photography when I have travelled because I haven't um, set out to travel for my photography much before. It's been more about just travelling and experiencing. So I have um, some... New Zealand landscapes that I've I've taken that I love. Uh, I've been to Europe uh, with my family, but uh, not so much for the the landscape photography. Uh, but my bucket list item at the moment is to get to Iceland, and I want to do a twisted landscape series of uh, shots from Iceland. So that's kind of the next frontier, I guess, for me. So that's something that's hopefully going to happen soon. Oh, the
2: Northern Lights would be yeah. really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. man.
0: Yeah, I'm actually doing, a, a, I think I'm allowed to say this, I'm doing a series of Twisted Landscapes at the moment in collaboration with another photographer who uh, is based in Iceland. So that's going to uh, pop up at some stage somewhere.
2: Ooh. And that's in addition to the collab with Tim Maxwell?
0: Yes, yes. So it'll be something next year, the, the Iceland Twisted Landscapes. that'll be, We're working on it. I've, pro, I've probably made about uh, eight or nine pieces for a little collection there Uh, i don't know where it's going to end up and what's going to happen with it yet but i'm (laughs) enjoying enjoying making them but i'm I'm glad you brought up the tim maxwell drop are we allowed to chat about that a little bit
2: yeah for sure i think um we were planning on releasing this um probably next monday so cool yeah it would be the week of the drop i believe you're on friday
0: correct Yeah. yeah really really looking forward to this one so So, um, a dream collab uh, for me, and I I like to think that Tim thinks the the same way. (laughs) Um, But uh, Our styles, uh, for those uh, who may be a little bit familiar, uh, we have, I I do a lot of um, black and white line uh, landscapes as well, so this is aside from my twisted landscapes. Uh, And Tim's hand-drawn pieces, uh, his and my styles really fit hand in glove, so uh, putting together the artwork for this upcoming Drop On Nifty uh, has been just awesome fun. It all came together really, really easily, which is one of those things I kind of equate to you hear um, Bands talk about like their hit singles, how they, sometimes the writing of the song, it just happens naturally and quickly and organically. And that's kind of the way I felt about this, um, this collaboration. All of the pieces of art really came together without too much wrestling and, um, And really, really excited about putting it out there and and sharing what we've made.
2: So how does that start? Do you just have like an idea and you guys shoot that back and forth to one another? Or do you have pieces in mind that you then try to meld together? Or like, how does that collaboration actually take place?
0: Yeah, well, we'd known each other for a little while um, via Instagram. And so we sort of just chatted via DMs and had done one um, collaboration previously where I just sent Tim some stuff. and he messed around with it um digitally. Uh, with this one, I kind of had the idea that I wanted to use his hand-drawn pieces more prominently um, rather than a, a, it being you know entirely digital collaboration. I liked the idea of us working with his um, organic hand-drawn pieces more. So that was the sort of loose starting point. So he sent me a folder of um, a heap of his pieces that he hadn't previously used or released anywhere. Um, and I just went to work and started building these little uh, these little line landscapes. And so his hand-drawn parts are often, not often, always the sky in these pieces. And then my um, digital line landscapes are the land. And then again, we've got my little dude, 3D dude in there as well. So <laughs> featuring in all of the pieces. Uh, So, yeah, it came together just perfectly. It's like it was, they were meant to be put together, these two sort of uh, different types of lines, if you like.
2: It's really cool that you had access to, like, you know, this entire catalogue of unreleased stuff that was, like, you know, you get to pick and choose through. Like, I think that's a really cool way to do collaborations.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and uh, uh, for those listening that haven't checked out Tim Maxwell's uh, art before, it's Maxwell Inked on um twitter and on uh insta and he's it's incredible what he does it still blows my mind so it's all hand drawn Um, the pieces are usually quite large as well so it takes him hours upon hours upon hours to complete just one piece Uh, so the commitment to his his um craft is uh, it blows my mind so i absolutely love his work um, he's kind of exploded a bit on um, hen as well He's uh, he pieces that he dropped on there just disappear within seconds. Uh, so he's he's got a got a bit of a cult following and uh, I'm excited to to be able to actually work with him and, and get his work up on Nifty as well. It's really kind of cool.
2: That's a nice bridge to bring people over from hen as well and like I wanted to get your opinion on like hick and nook and like, that's cool to see bigger artists like yourself that are over there as well, you know, dropping in both places. And we like to see that a lot on this show. And like we spoke with Tim who you've done a collaboration or two with now at this point or three, actually, because the, yeah. the extra drop piece that somehow I was sleeping between those two days because I got the first one and then somehow I missed the second one. So I missed oh, the airdrop, okay. but I'm a, I'm a dummy and I, you know, Twitter's dumb and I missed that. <laughs>
0: But, oh, man you can't you just can't catch everything in this world
2: no you I, can't
0: I've, I've stopped beating myself up about that you just you you get what you get you try your best to, to support the people that you want to support and um yeah look you know it's impossible to get everything yeah
2: but hen like how did you get um like how did you know about that platform
0: yeah it's actually i would say it was tim Rippel that um that was the one that sort of highlighted it for me. So he and I both entered NFTs at roundabout the same time uh, and became friends via Twitter. Uh, and we've sort of had very parallel kind of journeys, I, I feel like, uh, with what we've been doing and where we've been dropping and all that kind of stuff. And um, when uh, NFTs were going through a little bit of a a downturn, especially the one of ones. Uh, I would say, when would that have been? Maybe April, April yeah. May? I think, yeah, around then. Um, I, I, yeah, I was just sort of looking for other options and noticed that um, Tim had started dropping over on hand and having some good success. Uh, once I looked into it, I saw that um, Kid McGrath who was doing some stuff over there, who's an artist I absolutely love and respect. Uh, so Seeing that and seeing a few of the other artists that um that were on there, I just thought I'd give it a go. It was it was not a lot of deep thinking about it. I, I love the fact that it's that it's a green platform and that you know it, it's so quick uh and the art is so accessible uh and that there was this awesome sort of artist community um around it that where artists were buying from other artists and there was that there was a real good vibes around it. So once I started, started seeing that um, I was drawn to just at least give it a go and it went well. So kind of kept going.
2: And it seems like other people are taking notice. I heard that Rarible is going to be having Tezos based NFT soon. And I don't know, OpenSea's talked about it for a little while now, but who knows, but that's cool. Tezos adoption is, you know, it's green. Like you said, it's a good way to go about it.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think that people take notice when there is the the community there really does um, love it. Like uh, there are like hardcore Tez Hen, you know, followers that really believe in it. And I think when as that number grows and people hear about that community and the support and the enjoyment and the encouragement and all of that kind of stuff, I think it draws people in. Um, so yeah, I, I can't see why it wouldn't keep building and, and being a, a good viable option for artists that to drop and, and become part of.
1: I know Tyler's adopted it for sure. And um <laughs> what was your reaction when uh everything um kind of uh that's the right way to put this, um collapsed, broke yeah. down, switched Fell over. Up, what exploded. was <laughs> yeah what was your reaction there because i'm assuming i mean like everyone is like
0: uh what now what um what do we do from here um yeah i was shocked uh to be honest when it when all of that was going down um it was mind-blowing to me that there's this one dude behind a platform that can just all of a sudden decide to go nah no more (laughs) like that that's sort of crazy considering the amount of artists, collectors, people that were so hugely invested in the platform. Uh, it's funny though, because I've, I've said all along when people ask me about him, that it's very much a garage band, rock and roll, do it yourself kind of vibe to the platform. It falls over semi-regularly and uh, it's sometimes you just have no idea what's going on with it. And that's part of the charm, I think, with him well I find it charming anyway not all <laughs> not, not sure everyone would find it charming but um it, it was sort of yeah, it was still surprising but in some ways it was kind of not surprising as well <laughs> <laughs> that that happened I did wonder what was going to happen next so the, the fact that it's um dusted itself off there's been a community sort of pull it back together with some mirror sites and with sites like object.com. Is it com? Yeah. Object Yeah. 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 So um yeah it's cool that I felt like that there was a strong enough community and amount of artists and collectors there that something would continue. Uh and I I'm, I'm pleased to see that that's happened so far.
2: Yeah it's pretty decentralized. It was just popping up everywhere and they'll figure yeah. out who reigns supreme at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. At the moment, it's, you know, it's still working. There's still artists selling art and collectors, you know, still got all of their pieces in their wallets. So. Exactly. It's working.
2: I did have a slight heart attack because I thought anything I had swapped on the platform was gone. I was like, Oh God. And then I realized, no, you're, you're fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was my initial thought too. I was like, what, what is going to happen with everything? But you know, it's, it's there in wallets, the contracts are all there. So like, I mean, you know, Uh, You just then move forward with, you know, what happens next and where you decide to release or collect from, you know, from that point onwards.
1: I was just going to go back to your your drop next week with Tim and uh, any like structure, mechanics, pricing additions that you want to get into just in in anything kind of behind, um, you know, thinking and reasoning behind how you, you guys are structuring it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, We are calling the the drop title is The Blind Leading the Blind. So that's first cab off the rank. We're going to do a one-of-one auction piece that uh, comes with a physical one-of-one drawing of Tim's, um, which I'm really excited about. So that is literally the drawing itself, the physical piece is literally a one-of-one. So it's the hand-drawn piece that was part of our... um, collab piece that is the nft Uh, so that's a really really cool piece for someone to pick up as a one-on-one there's also going to be a pack of seven pieces which is going to be the seven deadly sins Um, so that'll be one purchase and you've got a whatever percent chance of getting any of the, the seven pieces that are part of that pack and then there are going to be two open editions and they're going to be low priced open editions uh, and there is going to be a burn mechanic attached to those so if you collect both one is um, a piece that is just tim's the second open edition is a piece that's just mine and if you end up collecting both and decide to burn them there will be um, a reward of a merged piece which is animated um, as well. So there's a, a little enticement there to perhaps grab a couple and, and see about uh, doing a burn and collecting a more exclusive animated piece. So that's what we've got. So I think all up, what is that? That's seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 pieces of art that are going to be floating around for this drop. And I'm really, really proud of them, really excited about the drop, and I hope it um, is received well.
1: I like that a lot, man. That's a good little um, grab bag. First of all, I I feel like you don't see the packs too often anymore. I I love a good pack drawing. And then um, with the burn mechanic and and, and getting creative, that's the first I've seen or heard of a a mechanic where, you know, you can merge two pieces that are related, that are totally different, um, and kind of piece them together. And you're seeing, you know, people get creative and artists get creative. Like last night, um, one of our buddies is a big dog pigeon guy and, uh, he had like a secondary mechanic where, um, your piece would transform on the resale based off of like the bracket that it falls into. So it, I, I just like seeing the creativity, um, in the, in the selection, this, like, like with what you and, you and Tim are doing for the, for next week. Um, did, uh, how'd you guys come up with that? Uh, was that something that was just kind of, you guys spitballing and. Came across the merge idea or um, uh, whose idea was, was that?
0: Yeah, it was it was something that I thought of because it made sense to me because I was merging our two styles of artwork together as it was. So I love Tim's pieces on their own. Um there was a piece in particular that inspired this merge thing that had looks like it's kind of got a little window in the middle of it. Uh so it the idea basically was sparked because of the way i was creating the art uh, and it was also influenced a little bit by um things like what the um omnimorphs were doing with uh them having a merge mechanic with their uh, profile pick uh drop so it's just those kind of things i guess you could say it's influenced by being a part of the nft space and seeing some of the things that happen and wondering how you can bring your own flavor to that and do something that's a little bit creative so I, I love the idea of doing things that are a little bit different that might not have been done before i, I tried to do that with my previous drop on um, nifty gateway as well i was the first person to ever do a uh, a drop where you could buy the opportunity to collab with me and then that collab um, would be written into the the contract so that you the collaborator is also going to earn royalties from when it's on sold. So I love the, the idea of being able to try and bring something to the space that might not have been tried before, rather than just, you know, dropping art. I, I think it's interesting to try and, uh, you know, use this technology we have here and, and do things, put, try and push it forward, if you like.
2: The, the pack thing is awesome, because it brings us back to the early days of Nifty Gateway, when I think there was a lot more packs going on. Yeah, You just love that feeling of like not knowing what you're going to get. That's, that's half the fun, right?
0: hundred oh, percent. And it takes me back. I was a b- basketball card collector when I was in my younger days. So it takes you back to that feeling of like, it's exciting. You, you're buying something. You, are you going to get something that's valuable? Like it's, it's cool. I haven't done one before either. So it's my first pack drop uh, on Nifty and I'm really excited about it too.
2: Know, pack drops on Nifty, right?
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> that's another thing we can talk about. How insane was that?
2: Wow, was it ninety-one million?
0: <laughs> oh my! I just couldn't. I, I was sitting there watching. I bought um, I bought a couple of uh, editions, or if you want to, have to. You have yeah. to. Yeah, you got to be be a part of this this kind of historic stuff. Um, but just sitting there, seeing that number rise, like, oh, <laughs> this is mind blowing.
2: It went up every single day. It didn't matter. People were scooping them, scooping them. It's
0: just ridiculous. I still can't compute that in my mind.
2: Larry messed up and getting like, I don't know, 13 of them, 14.
1: Yeah. I'll just tell the story beginning to end. I was at dinner with some folks I work with and uh, I was like, all right, I got to buy some merge. So I bought one and I, and then I saw the thing where it started with 10. So it's like, Oh, don't, it's going to get someone so i bought one and i i can't just buy one i got to buy another one so i went to go buy another one thought i deleted the 10 added the one uh oh and have and minted 11 <laughs> 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 minted 11 so i didn't yeah. realize it until i went back to mint another one because i thought i canceled the order i was like yeah. oh shoot nope and then i like I like just backed out of the page as fast as i could and um not until I got the, not- the third email notification did I realize I now have 14 masks. Um, so, yeah, they got me, but I'm just going to say it's just going to be a happy accident. Another uh, whoops moment. Decent trip along the way. Yeah, just a whoops, a light whoops. <laughs> I think it's going to turn out well for you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll, we'll see. We'll, yeah, I mean, we could have bought 15 cubes at the time and we'd could be maybe like retired at this point. So.
0: Oh, well. I I still have massive <laughs> regrets over the um, the cubes. I didn't didn't buy in on that, and it's that's one of my massive regrets in this space so far. I know you can't get everything, but that's a hurtful one for me that I didn't jump in on that one.
2: Well, it hurts to not jump in. It also hurts to jump in and then sell too early. Oh yeah, it's a very yeah. similar regret, but like. <laughs> Those are two buckets that I put most of my things into. It's not that I jump into things and then they don't make money, or they're you know I I don't like them or something. It's always I didn't make the move, or I made the move far too early. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's again, you know, it's all speculation, isn't it? So you're just doing your best and doing what you think's right at the time.
2: Buy what you like. Can't go wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. buy what you like. That's top advice. <laughs> number one yeah but yeah insane that pack drop still still wrapping my head around it and what it means I can um I can totally well not totally right relate but almost relate um to your story Larry it's I I went to buy one merge and because I've got some money in my nifty account I think I don't know whether it naturally went to the 10 like it, it had 10 listed it goes, that's the
2: 10. default yeah
0: okay the default's 10 so I very very nearly bought 10 without knowing <laughs> so like I I just got away with it because I had a little double take and then realized what was going on and changed it
2: yeah it was like $4,000 it was like no thanks
0: hang on a second
1: yeah <laughs> it was funny because I just took like all my like shitty altcoins and it was right before they all tanked and they're like alright I'll just pay for that with this and move on from those but um yeah basically converted it it to ash. it was funny (laughs) yeah yeah I got a bunch of ash now if I want it but like yeah those it's mind boggling man like 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 I don't I don't know what's going on first of all like I have no idea what's really going on I don't know what's going on with the bugs and the people that are pulling them out and stuff and like should I have bugged one like I I don't know. I'm just going to try to hold on to one for as long as I can. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that bug thing. That was like, I heard that there were problems if you remove them from Nifty Gateway in OpenSea. If you were to sell them to someone else, um, you know how it's supposed to merge with the other one of the, Mm -hmm. the buyer? I think there was some sort of bug that was happening where it would end up like staying with the seller or something. I don't know. Something odd was happening where they've stopped all secondary sales, but I'm sure they'll figure something out. I don't know what it is, but Nifty Gateway has been all over Twitter. Like calm down. We'll, we'll make (laughs) this right for everyone. I'm sure they'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, they will. I must admit though, I was chatting. So uh, Tim's and my drop coming up uh, is being produced by, the same producer at nifty that did the pack drop so i've been chatting to him uh, about it and man it is a minor miracle that the site held up during all of that so i think I mean, can you know. imagine like <laughs> yeah. like a minor. Year ago,
2: it would break like just normally
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no absolute miracle they did such an amazing job with that drop so i'm not surprised that there's been some some bugs and some, some funny stuff that's going on post then, but yeah, uh, I'm sure they'll pull it together. They, they do a good job over there.
2: They've, they've done so much better than when they started out. And I think they caught a lot of flack in the middle of the year when everybody was just upset at the world and yeah. um, they've turned it around. The UI looks better. You can tell that they have a lot more people on the team now yeah. and it seems like they're, they're getting everything together now.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's such a great a platform for onboarding people into NFTs. Like, I mean, you can't argue with that. So in crypto, you... yeah.
2: yeah, It's like we had never bought ETH before, and then it was like, I don't know. It kind of opened us up to like, oh, there is this other option to like buy NFTs with, and then from there, you know, Pandora's box, through the looking oh, glass, yeah. all of that good yep. stuff.
0: Yep, down the rabbit hole. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I wanted to go oh. back to. Like the beginning of your photography, like when did you realize you had an eye for it?
0: Um, it's something I always loved. I I got a camera from my parents pretty early on. Um, I don't know how old I would have been, but early teens or something like that. Uh, which is this is back in the days of film. Uh, so showing my age a little bit there. So I got a film camera early doors from the parents. I was naturally drawn to landscape photography uh, just because it's something that you could go and do. You didn't have to rely on anything else or anyone else. You could just go and shoot, you know, pretty pictures, if you like. Uh, And uh, so I was doing that fairly early on. Um, To backtrack a little bit further, I always always had that sort of creative uh, thing in my life. So I drew a lot when I was growing up was always interested in art at school all that kind of stuff so uh yeah so then back to the photography side of things um in doing that landscape photography i'd I'd print a few out Uh, friends and family would often comment on them and say i like what you do there i i displayed a few at like local cafes and some got sold and so that that feeling of first selling your first piece of artwork, there's, there was nothing like that. That someone chose to pay money for something that you had produced. It puts it was, a value
2: like on you. It like yeah, feels like right. it's it's validation. Yeah,
0: it's hundred percent validation straight away. Um, so feel, having sold some photography, um, I was probably late teens at that point. Um, I felt like perhaps there's something there. I was never going to stop doing it, but um, I guess at that point in my life. And th- I started studying photography at university as well. So around about that time, I kind of felt like the, you know, it'd be something that I'd be doing forever, whether it would be turned into a job or whatever, I, I had no idea at that point. But um, yeah, I-, I would say probably late high school uh, w- was when I knew that it'd be something that I'd had an eye for and I'd probably be doing forever. Yeah
2: like shooting on film is that something that just has nostalgia but it's like not really worth doing anymore
0: yeah yeah yes it's like
2: an art form to preserve but it's really a time-consuming thing
0: right time-consuming and expensive so when you start having to process and um, develop film and, and print you know like that is that's expensive nowadays, and to track down, you know, the right films that that you want for your camera as well. So I don't do it anymore. Um, Digital, obviously, is amazing for me, because you can take as many as you want, edit away, you know, and you can can have these massive libraries of, of images, rather than having to really I think something that's lost in the digital thing is really having to think about your choices when you're shooting on film because you've got 20 shots or 24 shots or whatever, or 12 or, you know, however many for the, the camera you're using. Uh, the, and you have to make sure that you know you're going to nail.
2: Make know, them count, yeah.
0: <laughs> make it count, <laughs> absolutely. And there is something kind of beautiful about that. Um, and that's lost in being able to just fire away a million shots on your digital camera. So there is, you know, there's there's something to be said for that um, analog experience, but. Um, I only shoot digital now that that's just how it's played out for me
2: but if you see like something in analog there there are certain features of it that will catch your eye that's different from digital photography where it's like you can tell that it's analog almost like can you see the film
0: I think so I, I was having this uh discussion with another photographer friend of mine the other day who shoots still shoots film and um although you can process digital shots now with that vintage feel I still think that there's an element of uh, if you've shot film before and if you've worked with film I think that you can tell that it's film I don't like I, I don't know how I'd go if I was put to the test on that but I feel like there is an element there that you could pick so yeah there, there's a there's a nostalgia there there's something about it that I love but you know with what I do now digitals the go obviously
2: yeah. And with processing film, is there any art to that or is it all the same process? If you process photos the same way in a darkroom every time or can you mess with that process in a way to add your creative flair to it?
0: 100% the latter. So when I was studying photography at uni, there are a lot of techniques in the darkroom that you can utilize to manipulate, for want of a better word, um, how the photo um, develops if you like so yeah there's definitely things that you can do uh and there's definitely a creative element to processing uh developing and printing your own um, film but it's time consuming there's a lot to learn it's expensive Um, so it's something that i i've got a nostalgic feeling towards uh, and i actually have discussed with, with some friends of mine about potentially Doing, trying to cross over some of my digital techniques with film uh, for, for future projects. So it's something that I'm still, I'm fond of printmaking and, and that uh, hands-on experience. But yes, yeah, not something that I'm doing at the moment.
2: Yeah, it just seems like something that might be foregone by this generation or the new generation of photographers that are coming up that might never touch film. It's like something that I would hope that sticks around, you know, even if it's on the fringes, I would hope that there's still artists that are purely sticking to their analog roots out there.
0: Yeah. And there are, They're definitely, I, I think that it will hang about, uh, but you're right in saying that it could easily be overlooked with just the ease uh, and the technology that's available even now, just in our pockets with, I, I just got a new iPhone 13 pro and Holy crap! The camera on that thing is unbelievable. I'm getting um, ready to
2: upgrade. That's the direction I'm going to head. I'm glad to hear that from a photographer that the camera is good.
0: Oh, it's, it's ridiculous for something that you pop in your pocket. It's outrageous. Um, so, yeah, so, give us a maybe. give us
2: an idea. How long ago could you have a camera that was just as good, but only in a camera format? Like, how long did it take them to get from the camera being this good to like having it in a phone in your pocket?
0: That's a good question. Um, so I've been shooting on uh, Canon uh, 5D for a while now, as far as that's my professional go-to work camera and the sensor on it is pretty incredible. So it's a it's a, a, a fairly high-end uh, camera that I use for my professional work. Uh, as far as the phones go, I think I had a, What's the one, previous to this new one, I had a a XS and the camera on it's pretty amazing. And then before that, I think, I don't know what it would have been, like uh, what was before the XS, like an eight or a nine. I, I don't think they were strong then. So I think the XS was probably when I started going, well, I could be out and about taking a decent photo with this thing that's in my pocket and I could still use this as something that I could use in my art or or whatever. So yeah, probably, probably the last few years, the cameras in the, the phones have been just phenomenal.
2: That's good news for up-and-coming photographers, knowing that, you know, if you can get a phone, you can be a photographer.
0: <laughs> you can, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's there's a movement uh, for that anyway. There has been for a long time since I've been on Instagram really of, of phone photographers. Uh, just using whatever technology you have with you and having an eye for it, being able to know how to use the technology uh, and then use it in your way and make your own art uh, that way. So I, I've i sort of never been that snobby or, you know, a purist of having to use a digital SLR camera that's got an amazing sensor. I think you can be just as creative with whatever tool you have. So.
2: Yeah. I mean, you see that with, you said you use some of the iPhone apps, right. To do some of the editing, right. So it's like whatever, I'm sure your Instagram like communities are ones that maybe brought those up to you and been like through DMS or something like this is something you should check out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was the first rabbit hole for me. was when I got on Insta was uh, finding all of these like graphic artists and 3d artists and people that were, uh you know using technology to create their art and then sharing it on instagram that was that first sort of light bulb moment that oh i could do that i could you know make some art with these photos that i'm taking and i got into a whole um thing where well, i was beta-, beta testing apps for a while there just because i got into this whole oh, wow <laughs> whole thing of um meeting developers and you know trying to work out what was going to be a, the cool next thing that i could use with my photos so that was definitely a thing. So It's
2: scary though when you're beta testing them I mean, you get really used to using this tool that might not end up panning out <laughs> and then you got to find somebody else that does something similar.
0: That's very true, yeah. Under, with most of the uh, ones that I tested, they ended up being apps that were quite popular and did go down well, so.
2: What um, happened to the one you were talking about with Twisted Landscapes? Is that one yeah. still around? Or you said it's it's not around it's anymore?
0: Not available anymore. And I honestly, I couldn't tell you how or why or what happened so it was something that I've been using for ages and then all of a sudden it just wasn't on the app store anymore so So. do you
2: have to find something similar or just like figure it out on your own there are
0: other similar things but just um as an aside it's a good advertisement for keeping old iPhones because I (laughs) still have it on an old iPhone that I can go back to and use so there you go yeah
2: wow That's crazy that you're going to have to keep this old iPhone to always do your twisted landscapes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are (laughs) alternatives. I can make them other ways. um, And I have found ways of doing things, which I kind of like as well. I kind of like that. It pushes you to be creative. You know, I, I don't, I found these because I was messing around with apps, And that's how I found how to do and make these things that have become, I guess you would call one of my signature things to create. Um, but I kind of like being forced to try and find something else as well. I don't mind that.
2: So you keep growing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, I will hang on to that old iPhone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> keep it handy. It's going to be like a, like a, I don't know what, what's a new tool. It's like a handsaw nowadays when not everyone else is doing like a power drill or something. Um, that iPhone 8. I uh, Yeah. Yeah. That ancient thing. <laughs> um i uh, i wanted to ask because i'm always curious uh, of people who um are able to curate on super rare what's kind of your uh, i was just i was looking through your rolodex or or, or um pieces on there and i'm curious to kind of what your um or anyone's thought process is or kind of creative process to um you know what they meant on super rare and and kind of how they go about um you know their style their palette or or you know even color schemes because uh, uh, a lot of your stuff on there is relatively neutral in color. Where I, when I think of you, I, I do a lot of the times think of that, you know, uh, colorful, distorted landscape. So um, I guess just any insight to uh, kind of your, your super rare mindset.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it was something that I kind of almost accidentally fell into on super rare was that uh, I chose my first piece based on um, some discussion with. Justin Blau, Uh, he had followed me on Instagram based off that sort of trippy black and white stuff that I do, monochrome stuff. Um, And so with my first few discussions with with the people that I was being introduced to um, within the NFT space, those were the pieces I kind of uh, leaned on a little bit. Uh, Those trippy monochrome, Black and white lines, all of that kind of stuff. So it is one of the main couple of things that I tend to do uh, with my art. So I've got my twisted landscapes, and then I've got my sort of trippy monochrome stuff. So first piece up that was ended up ended up being collected by Blowers, uh, a twisty black and white thing, uh, for want of a better description. And then <laughs> I I, um, I did just sort of go down that path for the first few pieces. On super rare and sort of uh, maintained a, a similar look with with what I was releasing there. Uh, then in January, the Nifty drop came along, and I intentionally wanted to do something different uh, and have a collection of, uh, of pieces that worked well together. So that January drop was Twisted Landscapes, uh, as you know. And so then what followed on Nifty, I, I wanted to tie in with that. So I had sort of this place you could go, which was Nifty Gateway for Twisted Landscapes. And then Super Air sort of ended up this, as this place to go for my other uh, pieces, the black and white, some animated pieces, some more trippy pieces. a Few collabs with other artists too, like collabed on there with um, Tim Riapel and uh, made by studio JQ as well. So a few collabs and things like that over there. So, uh, and in talking with a few people like Roger Dickerman as well, a few sort of people who I'd regard as experts in the space. uh, I like the idea of curating, uh, so collectors know what to expect when they go to a particular platform. So they know what they're gonna get from me. So they're gonna get one thing on Nifty, they can find another thing on Super Rare slightly different and a little bit of a mix on foundation so i do um think carefully about where i'm going to put a particular piece of art
2: some of the pieces on hen remind me of your super rare pieces especially the ones with tim
0: yeah yeah that definitely crosses over so i've I've tended to go a little bit more experimental on hen that that was sort of my thought process there as it's a little bit more accessible in price um i tend to to put sort of a few more collaborations there and some, some of them are more sort of wilder pieces that um, that I'm playing around with, if you like. Uh, also on Hen, there's some another type of art that I do, which really messes around with clouds, photos I take of clouds. So there's some sort of really abstract cloud-based uh, stuff on Hen as well. Yeah, so, like Strange
2: Days, that's a one of one that I really like on there.
0: Yeah, cool. Thanks, man.
2: Yeah, I'm looking through those now and I, I do like the cloud series a lot.
0: Yeah, it's, they're fun to make. And that's something that um, there I've got probably in the thousands of photos of just clouds on my iPhones. And uh, it's something that I love messing around with, just manipulating photos of clouds. The reason I love that so much is that they're always unique. So, you know, any any shot that I've got is going to have a different out come when i start manipulating it um just purely by the fact that you're not going to get two clouds that look the same so <laughs> it's it's something that i really enjoy messing with
2: i really like the two pieces that play with like the 3d colors the the red yeah. and the teal yeah i think that's a lot of fun
0: thanks man that's so those are ah. collaborations with yep yeah, and they've got music yes they do <laughs> 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 those are collaborations with a singer songwriter friend of mine Wax Wayne, and he's another uh, guy that I'd love to plug in here because he's um a really great friend of mine and is so mega talented and he has been uh the middleman for um me having some brief contact with Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park as well because, um Mike Shinoda produced one of Wax Wayne's tracks and uh there's been a little bit of an art connection there um between the three of us which is kind of fun
2: yeah we actually follow each other on here
0: hey nice
2: been checking out waxwain for a little while yeah and that's cool and mike shinoda came into the space in a really cool way and yeah has his own collection right
0: he does yeah so he's arts he's a he was a graphic designer before he was a musician it's my understanding hmm. and um He's uh, he's done a collection on Tez. He did a profile pic collection, which was uh, included like a music element to it. Uh, so he called them mixtapes, but um, and each of the and so it is it was a generative um, project, and each of the uh, um, profile pics that you get has a different uh, music track that comes along with it. Wow, uh, and it is awesome. Like, I love it. I, I snagged one. I was lucky enough to snag one. So it was a 5,000, I think of them. Uh, and that was all based on, on Tezos, which is really cool to see that kind of thing happening over there as well.
2: Really is. There was, there was one other tweet that I saw on your timeline that I thought was awesome was super air Zach doing the proposal yeah. behind your piece. Yeah. Tell us how that went down.
0: Amazing. Could not believe it. So that's, um, going back again to, to Blau, Blau introduced me to Zach uh, and uh, helped me with my application to Super Rare back in, when I was starting out. So, um, and at that point, uh, Zach was um, curating artists and he was part of the artist onboarding, uh, which I'm not entirely sure he is anymore. I think that they've got more on the team now and Zach's moved on to to other parts of the business. But uh, so I had contact with Zach um, from early on and I reached out to him and asked if he'd be keen on doing a collab with his Roses series. Um, and he was gracious enough to to agree. And we we did that and released it. And then um, it turned out that uh, he was able to get that piece up on the Super Air Monolith at basil Basel in Miami and uh yeah he he made his proposal to his his partner now and uh, it was a really really special thing to be it's just a small part of it was really exciting I know
2: you probably take in photos at weddings so many times it's different when it's your piece as this like the background yeah. you know
0: crazy yeah even just that when he mentioned to me that um he was going to to get the piece up on this 50 foot monolith I was like holy crap yeah. like, <laughs> yes please so <laughs> that alone and then he mentioned that he's proposing as well it's just uh, it's such a really really cool uh, little story to to play a small part in like uh, I, I love that uh, and that's so now that's something that he'll and his partner will forever um, remember is is that moment there's the, the artwork there. So it's become this moment in time, which is, I don't know, like, like, there's, I don't think there's heaps better than that for an artist where when you can have a uh, part of your work uh, as part of someone's, uh, an important part of someone's life story. is uh, There's not too much better than that, if you ask uh, me.
2: They'll have to explain to their kids, like, who Nate Hill is.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely. That's it. <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very cool. Just some guy. Yeah, just some NFT guy.
2: Yeah, Nate, we really appreciate the time, man. We're glad we got to sit down and talk with you and pumped for the collaboration with Tim Maxwell coming out on Friday. Was that the 17th? Did I make that up? Yeah. 17th. Cool.
0: 17th. That's it.
2: Nifty Gateway. You know where to find him.
0: Absolutely. Get on there. I'd love to see everyone jump on and support. Um, Tim... Uh, is just an incredible artist. So I feel honored to be uh, part of it with him and would love to see the collection do well and end up in, you know, a heap of people's collections, wallets. Let's do it. So we've got Nifty Gateway
2: and then Iceland way down the line. Anything in between those?
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in between. I'm, um, I think I mentioned the Twisted Landscape collab with, it's with Hollow Sun. I think I'm allowed to say that we're doing it. <laughs> we haven't actually announced anything <laughs> anywhere, but we're doing it. Um, but I don't know where and when and how that will be released yet. So there's that. I've got other collaborations that I've been working on, which I'm really excited about as well. It's one of my favorite things to do as an artist is work with other artists um, and combine, you know, what you do, you never know what you're gonna get when you do that, which is exciting. Um you guys will have heard of Young and Sick. Um I'm collaborating with him on a piece which is really I'm stoked with how it looks. I'm sure the colors are
2: popping on that.
0: The colors are wild on that one. So that's gonna be a fun one to put out there at some stage. Again, got no idea where and how we're releasing it.
2: That's the way to do it though. Don't give anyone any hard dates. There's no reason
0: to. That's it. That's it. We'll just it'll end up out there sometime.
2: Plenty of time. Yeah.
0: That's it. So yeah, there's those things. I've got another, um, quite a large scale plan for next year with Twisted Landscapes. So there's there's heaps on my mind to do with that. Uh, And this now is a good opportunity to just say if there are any collectors out there that hold any of my Twisted Landscapes that the story is going to continue with those. And I'm going to make it worth people's while to to be on that journey with me.
2: Pick them up off secondary, go scoop
0: Hell yeah,
1: let's do it. Awesome, appreciate it. Nate. Yeah, man, this is uh, go ahead, Larry. I, 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 yeah, no, I was just gonna say, man, I, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and um, taking some time and kind of walking through. I, I really do think like the uh, what you do with your collaborations and um, you know, kind of community based work and working with so many different people, onboarding people, you know, however it might be, I think it's kind of like the um ethos of, of, of this space in general. So I just wanted to commend you for that before we left,
0: but, um, oh,
1: yeah, I mean, this yeah. has been great. I, I appreciate you kind of walking us through, giving us some context and a little behind the scenes.
0: Awesome. No, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, let me, uh, have a little bit of a yarn about what I've been doing. So it's been fun.
2: Oh yeah, man. Congrats on the drop tonight.
0: Thanks very yep. much. Excellent. I'm going to go back and see how many of those open sold for, uh, for his dad.
1: <laughs> yep. All right. Let's go. Or his dad. I always thought it was Fred.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It might still be. Well, you
0: got to go to Montreal and find out. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I'm just going to leave that open. ended. All right, Nate. See you later, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Thanks, man.
1: Damn, that's nifty.
0: That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's
1: NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT A for fizz, he leaked a plan exulo worked on Iron Man How cool is that? Mad Dog Jones, the dude so fine He hand draws every single line I sure as hell didn't know that friend to built the gallery to raise new artist popularity. What a guy. Yeah, man, man's good guy. Too much lag, like a nomad, all
0: his belongings in a single bag.
1: All these things, can't you see? I learned all that's
0: NFT. That's, that's nifty. That's, that's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a
1: nifty nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT, that's a nifty nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT, that's a nifty, nifty NFT. Damn, that's a nifty NFT.